Welcome to Down the Floor, Pam Ewan, and once again I'm joined by Liam, Greg and Harry and this week we have been joined by High Be The Week winner, Hibs Twitter celeb, A-lister, Harry would you say A-lister? I'd I, I definitely say A-lister in terms of if we were to do a tier list, which might be coming soon, um, I think that Alex would definitely be up there. Okay, <laughs> so yes, we're joined, <laughs> we're joined by Alex, uh, alter ego, fattest trickers, how you doing Alex? I'm very well. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Alex, we're, seeing as we've got you on and you've won High Be the Week last week, we've, uh, we've seen, we wanted to see if there was any questions uh, that any of our listeners wanted to pose to you. So we'll get straight into them first before we go in and talk about the actual football. So okay. 150k on Hanlon Hill has asked, would you be so confident with a smaller sombrero What's your what is the fate and what's the favourite roast that you've ever done? A smaller sombrero. Uh, would you be would you be so confident if you had a smaller sombrero? Absolutely. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I've not even got one on the day, look. Um yeah, what's the favourite uh, sort of pre match roasting that you've ever done? Oh um <clears throat> I thought you meant roast, like lamb or that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I don't know. I, um, I liked the one the other week with the, the Rangers one. That was right. too much ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else? Right. So, which other? So, this is coming from Liam. Which football? And everyone else can get in on these as well. But which footballer, other than John McGinn, has the biggest farter? Oh, um, probably uh, Conrad Logan. No. Oh, that's a good one. That's a big Any other? He has a solid farter. Big arses, I can't mind. Um, Conrad Logan, he jumps to mind. He's got a big arse. It's in proportion with the rest of his body, though, to be fair. Like. That's, that's true, which is big. Uh, that's what he said, what's the biggest arse, eh? Yeah, biggest arse, uh, But can you remember that Z-foot from Hearts? He had a fucking oh, humongous arse. Oh, Jesus right. Christ, that was huge. Who is the That's biggest cool. arse in football, though? Craig That's Lane. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a whole different podcast, to be honest. You could just... <laughs> Thompson, following on so for who that. Who has the biggest arse? Uh, Conrad Logan would be my guest, but John That's McGinn... That's a good shout. Uh, another Hibs Twitter elusive, what would you say, elusive person, Kaiser Sozi. Elusive person, that's fucking terrible. Oh, that's terrible. That's his wealthy dad of well in school. Elusive person. Uh, Kaiser Sozi is a, some people are saying the sombreros are just a PR gimmick. Can you confirm? Um, no, <laughs> I, I, can, I can actually can confirm that, that that is not correct, and, and that is part of uh, Alex's everyday wear. Yeah, I would say to that question, I would say, Who are these folk? and show yourselves. Guys, <laughs> 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 are supposed to reveal yourself. Oh, there's a guy, he's faceless, isn't he? And then we've had a question. <laughs> 
<laughs> We've had a question from uh, uh, John at Longbangers. The beard. Is the beard because you thought beards were sexy, thought beards were cool, shaving is a hassle, or high beast free rangers too? I be stealing just too. Just... <laughs> <laughs> see, see everything you put up. I just imagine you put it up and then you go on your second account and you vote high B stealing just too. <laughs> 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 <What did I say? laughs> uh, aye, I be stealing just too all the time. Even if it's a really ex- serious question, I all the time. <laughs> right, so well, right, let's let's get into the football. <laughs> wait, wait, I have, one, I have one more question. One more question. This is a bit more of a serious one. But my mate Michael, um, Mike Hibbs on Twitter, I don't know what the full that is, but he asked, um, so what inspired you to start absolutely decimating other clubs? Because um, we, we all love it and we just want to know like when it started and why it started. Um, I had an old account that got banned um, and I so I finally got a new account and I pretty much wondered what I could get away with. And <laughs> I've been banned yet. So, um, I don't know. This, when when you're playing, um, when it's match day, you just want Hibs to get right into them. So uh, fuck them all. I think what it does perfectly is it just summarises shite that you would shout at other teams at the game because you just clutch at any any fucking straw that you can oh, find aye. and you just fucking throw it at them. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I imagine Jack Ross using it as part of his pre-match team talk to the players, just getting on Twitter and just seeing what you'd said and read it out before the players went down the funnel. But yeah, I've had un- um, unconfirmed reports from the club that he has used it, but uh, confirm I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> we got a kind of you can get the tiles in the tunnel for the players yep. to be. We, uh, me and my dad got one and it just says into them <laughs> so that, uh, you get like four lines and I think we took up not even one so well, I hope it's there that's <laughs> right so uh, Stranra on Sunday just just to clarify it's Stran- it was Stranra on Sunday and it's Monday <laughs> on Wednesday night it's no St Johnston as I was convinced but you was corrected me earlier so Stranra on Sunday Greg uh Pretty comfortable. Um, what, what did you make of the game? Thank you for asking a question under one minute, Ewan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was a very professional performance. I didn't think we were ever really at risk. They came out of the traps, which you'd expect, and missed a few chances, but in the end, we were, we were clinical. So, yeah, nothing really else to add to that. I was absolutely hanging out my hole, so... I wasn't looking at the analysis of that. Four 0 Barry, move on. <laughs> uh, Liam, you were and you were running the Twitter on uh, on 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 Sunday, and I have to say, actually, I, I don't again. I don't know if maybe Harry had taken over by this point, but one of my, mine and Harry's mates highlighted the picture that you used for forty. Did you do that on uh, Paint on your computer and just fucked out there, or? Nah, it was the first number 40 that came up when I googled 40 image screen. <laughs> Aye, sorry, I know, for it. Some like, they were like, your sorry. design guy needs a pay that easy. 
<laughs> Sorry for uh, for for ruining the brand of down the slope on Sunday, um, but I know that the tone of voice wasn't what you'd usually expect for the Twitter account either. But to be honest, I found it really hard multitasking watching the game and tweeting at the same time. So that was as good as you're going to get, especially when uh, I was watching such a sparkling Hibs performance in the second half. Because uh, it was good to watch, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. the second half, felt really we up to. I thought, I thought um, a couple of, I've heard a couple of people say that they felt we started the game slowly. I didn't think there was any risk of us starting yeah. the game slowly. I thought we were just playing a team that was eager to go out there and press. And then I think once we scored the goal, to be honest, that even at 1-0, I felt like it was just a case of when we were going to get the second or third. Uh, the game was put to bed pretty early on. Boys took the finish really well. So I really, I, like Craig said, professional performance, but, but comfortable yeah. as well, really, in all honesty. Yeah. Aye, Harry, Liam and uh, Greg both said like maybe maybe had some like some folks have said we started slowly. Did, did you did, did you think we started slowly? Because for me, Stranraer maybe had a good five ten minutes, but we still had countless chances. Nisbet missed a few early doors. Like, do you think it's just people expecting him to be two all two goals up inside ten minutes because you're playing someone for League Two? I'm surprised that um, neither Greg or um, yourself or Liam mentioned it, but I thought that pitch was horrible. I thought the first was, five minutes, right. I, thought, I thought we started yeah. a bit off just because every time we kicked the ball flat along the ground, it would bounce about everywhere. Like that's that's the worst grass pitch I think I've seen in a good few years. Like the ball just wasn't moving properly at all. Um, but when it comes to games like this, the reason I don't like the League Cup in the middle of the season is when we play against lower league opposition, we tend to lose momentum. Like even the games like over the international breaks and stuff, I thought that we went into them playing quite well and then we just brought ourselves down to the opposition and played rubbish. But against Queen of the South, we kept it going. I thought we were quite good against Rangers. And against Trinrar, like it was four goals going on. Like Their keeper kept them in it, to be fair. like If we'd scored seven or eight, I don't think anybody could have complained. And they definitely should have went down to our head as well. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that um, we played really well. I've got no complaints. I think if you're complaining after that performance, you're just a bit of a whiner and you should grow up. <laughs> Grow up, <laughs> Alex. Would you, did I, I, I was like Greg. I was hanging at my home on Sunday and all, so I wasn't. It would have taken a lot to get me excited. But um, on Sunday, obviously we scored after was it thirty seventh minute or something. But, but before that, Kevin Nisbet had missed a couple of absolute sitters. Did you ever get the feeling that it might have been one of the days uh, before we went ahead or? Uh, I and then you're pretty confident the goal's coming. The commentator say that he sell that. The goal was deserved and there was a matter of time. Um, I was more impressed with Jackson Irvine uh, on Sunday. Saturday, what day was it? Sunday. 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 Uh, I really liked him. Um, Boyle impressed. And I, I don't think I was ever in doubt that we weren't going to score. Uh, for, for me, I thought I, like the midfield... Cruised you, you should. I guess you should be cruising against the part-time team that are playing every fucking second or third day or whatever it is they're playing. But I think, like Harry says, difficult pitch, difficult place to go. I think if, if there was a, ever an, an advert for 3G pitches in Scottish football, that was going to be it. <laughs> like, and, like, 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 but you could just see, like, especially early, early doors, like, I think the amount of times the ball sort of just skidded up and smashed off of Joe Newell when he's just tried to play easy passes, man. But yeah, I don't like you say, I don't think you can play at all. And then really similar to Queen of South game, you go in one nil up and you're like, this could be a lot more. But Greg, just how good was it to see Christian Dodge score again? Uh, it's the most obvious thing in the world. We've said when Christian Dodge scores, you're gonna streak. Everyone said that we're not claiming to be fucking reinventing the wheel by saying it, but that's four and four. It's, uh, yeah, I mean it's not really one of those strong opinions, it's just a fact, isn't it? Um 
that he will go on a on a streak and he done well for the goal. I think the first time the ball came in, he, he kind of put his body in the way and won the header and came back in. And it's another good finish again. It's, it's similar to the one um, finish, against the South. He, he just picked out the corner and he is very intelligent at times um, when he is on a streak. And I think sometimes when he's not, that lets him down. He's, he's not as intelligent, maybe more desperate to get goals. But again, it's another all-round brilliant performance from him. Um, everything he done was was top notch, and you know we've already played one game in the split, four left, and this is when you want your strikers firing all cylinders, and he's picked up form, so good to see. And just I pose this out to everyone. Uh, obviously, Martin Boyle, Christian Dodge, and Kevin Nisbet—they're not really playing as a front three, but Boyle's got the pace to do so. Forty-one goals out of the sixty-five goals that have, that we scored have come to them. One. Obviously, it's great to see our strikers scoring that many goals, but is that a worry that if they're not firing, there is virtually no goals in the rest of that team? Um, no, that's what they're doing. It's not a big issue. They've actually all gone missing at points this season as well. So it could be more than 41. Obviously, Boyle had a couple of off performances. Deutsch wasn't scoring for a while, and this, but had his as wobble as well. So, you know, it could have been a lot more than 41, but the players are there to score goals. That's not a worry for me. Oh. You know, if other players can chip in perfect, but their sole job nine times out of ten is to, is to put the ball in the net. So, yeah. Uh, well, anyone else got any thoughts on that? I'd like to see Joe Neal chipping in with some goals. Like, he seems to just hit a wide every time he tries. Don't <laughs> um, get me fucking started. <laughs> just fucking hit the ball. Just hit. I feel like just, just oh, but it's a weird game. This um, I only got it. And just, just for me, like I think the main folk that are complaining that we're no scoring goals and um, from midfield are the same folk that were complaining when we were starting Stevie Mallon. So I just think that Hibs can't win no matter what they do because Doesn't you've got matter. a goal scorer midfielder and you've sent him off to Turkey. Like. <laughs> Is, is there an argument that a player like Stevie Mallon is only needed when the player, like Greg said, when they're going in their off spell, you're thinking of when he goes to midfield, but because you've, your three main goal scoring outlets are, are performing regularly, it just that masks the fact that Jackson Irvin hasn't scored a goal. Joe Newell hasn't scored since St Mirren away, I think, right at the start of the season. Like, And Gogic obviously got the one, but you wouldn't expect him. So like, do you just think it's no issue at all? The the others not chipping in. Nah, I don't think it's an issue because I, I just think the way that Hibs are set up at the moment, they're playing with three guys who are considerably further forward than anybody else in the team, and therefore they're going to get the lion's share of the goals. I think Jack's nerving the sample size is too small to determine whether or not he's going to be a goal scorer for us going forward or not. I think in the early days he was getting himself into a lot of positions where it looked like he would score and I think he will score goals for us. I don't think he's going to be a 10 goal a season midfielder but I think he will score. I think you should be scoring more. Um, I think our defenders are contributing from set pieces as well. I think Cadden's got himself into loads of positions where he's looked like he probably could and should score. So, and Doig, and Doig, has got one or two this season and uh, he also is getting himself in positions. So, look, we're getting guys in positions that, you know, one of the things I really get some of my fucking nerves with football fans is when strikers go through a spell of no scoring goals and all of a sudden they're no use to the team, right? <laughs> Kevin Nisbet got himself in a lot of positions in the first half and I saw quite a lot of folk slating him on Twitter at half time for getting himself in positions and no scoring. 
and then he goes and scores a deflected free kick in the second half, and all of a sudden he's a god again. So, you know, let, let, let's just be realistic about it. The guy's only going to score every single chance they get, but if they're getting themselves in the positions, I'm all right with them missing, as long as they're getting themselves in the position and we're creating chances, because nine times out of ten, things will come good for us. Let's just keep creating chances and keep putting teams on the back foot the way we did in the second half against Stranath, and we'll be fine. A lot, a lot of the work that strikers need to do as well is getting into those positions. As Liam said, it's when they don't get in those positions, you have to wonder. We're getting in dangerous positions. We're getting in good areas, so I don't really see the big issue. You know, he's, he's missed chances. Who who doesn't he miss chances? Me, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, Alex. I, I was halfway to ask that. I knew you were on the podcast and thought I'm. <laughs> but no, I mean, obviously the dangerous game was disappointing that uh, we we only we only scored the one. Uh, I was going to say we didn't score at all, but obviously Kevin this was scored late on, but. The two games, albeit against lower league opposition, you have come away scoring seven goals. So I don't think there's any issues in the and going forward. What um did I spent Alex? I'll pose this to you because I think the rest of us have spoke about it. So obviously Matt Macy was back in goals for the cup game. Do you think that's a sign that he is going to be number one next season? I don't see why not. If Marciano's away, then Dabrowski, I've heard, is going away as well. Is that right? Yeah, so I think Macy and Dabrowski are out, both out of contract at the end of the season. Ah, right. the the that wouldn't be a bad sign in the make. He's, he's looked impressive so far. Um, really tall as well. So, that, um, <laughs> now, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see why he can't be number one. Who else are we, we going to have? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Liam, I think you're probably out of the out of the four years, um, probably one that's maybe least sold on Macy. Why why are you not overly infused with the thought of him being number one next season? I'm just not I'm just not um wedded to us keeping him, to be honest. I don't think he's done enough in the games that, that he has played to, to, to demonstrate that he's head and shoulders above anything else we could get out there in the market. Um, I think the, the goal he conceded against Celtic uh, with, with the Turnbull free kick, I thought his positioning was nowhere near good enough and I thought he should have done better with it. Uh, he dropped the ball at the weekend. I know it didn't lead to anything, but he, he, if, if someone yeah. sweeps it up and taps it in, it's a clanger. So I'm not saying he's he's not decent, but I just haven't right. seen enough of him to suggest that he should be our number one next season. I would like to see maybe what Dabrowski can do if there's if there's an opportunity for him. Um, but also wouldn't be averse to us going out into the market to see what we can get. I think the difficulty we're going to have is we've got Marciano on a contract where we're paying him probably less than what he's actually really worth in the open market. So if we go out there and try and sign someone with the same level of wages, we might not get the same quality of player that Marciano yeah. is, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But but Macy, who knows? He could, he could be great. I, the thing, and I try not to let it cloud my judgment too much, but when we signed him, all the Plymouth fans straight on Twitter, user got an absolute diddy here with this guy. And I know you shouldn't use the, the, the judgment uh, of a previous club as, as to what your player's going to be like. You, you can't help that impact your, your thinking when you sign a new player. Of course, it's going to be a factor. No, absolutely. And Harry, um, just how important is it that the goalkeepers continue to actually wear goalkeeper kits? Because we see we keep clean sheets when we actually do that instead of just farming them <laughs> in the wake I, but, but seriously, like I, I get that, that it's got the fans' names in it, but what was the point in like they should have made the yellow kit the away kit and then made the other kit the alternate kit because yeah. we literally never wear it. And we've worn it once. It's so Celtic, stupid. Celtic Park at the start of the season was that the only time we've worn it? Yeah, it's actual mental, like oh. But um, I can I just I think it's a bit harsh on Macy. I I think that the way that Liam's speaking about Macy is the way that I used to speak about Mark Oxley, and no matter what <laughs> he did, I would vilify him just because I didn't like him. Um, 
I think in his defence, um, I think both the games, even though he's not had much to do, he had he pulled off, a, I think, a very good save in that game. Um, I can't remember what minute it was, but a guy shot from outside the box and he got down really quickly for a big guy. I was like, he's six foot seven, he's getting down like that. And um, against Queen of the South as well, there was a one-on-one that he made a good save with as well. So yeah. um, he's got a concentration span, which is always nice. He's made, he might drop one ball, but I, I like... I think the main problem at the moment is sample size. Um, if we confirm third with three games to go, we stick him in and hopefully he gets a bit more um, shots into him just to see what he's actually about. But um, I, you, I, you I, need I, twenty I, games with a keeper, don't you? Judge them really. You, uh, need, you need to see them play twenty times, and you, we don't have that luxury right now. So whoever we're saying it's going to be a gamble, and Macy's probably no bigger a gamble than someone we'd buy in open market. I just think there have been a, a couple of signs that I would be a wee bit concerned about, but no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pushing the mattress just yet. He's kind of his class but in the first 10 games and he ended up being a bit eh. That Michael Ambe, by the way, he was an absolute monster <laughs> in his first 10 games. And then people just started hoofing the ball towards him and he panicked. But yeah. You've got to be stone rads to be a keeper. Just, you've got to be mental. Like, I'm going to fire myself at the ball that's coming at 100 mile an hour to my face. That's mine. <laughs> you've got to be ridiculously rad, I think. And none of them seem to be, but they're good keepers. Uh, the the one thing that I remember with Macalambe, and obviously when he signed, I was still pretty young. I just remember the fact that he could comfortably just pick the right. ball up with one right. hand, like it was a one of the claw machines to get a teddy, and then he could actually <laughs> just chuck it as far as he could kick it. I was like, "What the flying fuck?" But then obviously he punted it after Lee Miller's back at Aberdeen, so that was a good laugh. Um, <laughs> had had a, the only other change that we've seen uh, was one that. Um, me, myself, and I had predicted and seen Kyle McGuinness uh, start. What, what, what did you make Kyle McGuinness' performance? Obviously, sort of played left midfield. I, I think at the moment, just because he's not got much time, I think he just looks really desperate to do well. I think that he, if anything, he's a bit too direct when he's on the ball. I don't think that that's his game. I think I, I, don't, I also don't think he looks like a winger when he's played. I think his ball, I think ball retention, a bit like Dylan McGeeock. And that's what I've heard from some St. Mirren fans in the way that he just kind of powers up and back and forth up and down the pitch. If you look for him, you notice him doing good things. And if you don't look for him, he's kind of anonymous. But putting him on the wing, he does need to pick up the ball and drive at players. And I just don't think that's his game. Uh, I thought it was a bit harsh as well, taking him off. I thought that like, we're me. up, I yeah. think, when we took him off. Um, so I think uh, you could have just given him the full 90 to see if he could get a goal at the end or whatever. Eh? But... That was it. I think Dre Wright came on for him and don't get me wrong, I'm... Dre Wright's not done much in his time at Hibs, but I'm also no, I'm not one that vilifies him. But like when I seen Dre Wright coming on, I assumed it was going to be for Newell or Irvin, and McGinnis was going to move inside because I, I get the argument that he's not played for a while, but surely getting 90 minutes in him is better than the 60 or the 70. He was unlucky not to score, um, and I think what he has shown in glimpses this season. I know he's only had the one goal against Dundee United, which was a cross, but I think did he have a chance against? Hearts in the semi-final. I think he does get into the box and looks to score goals. So I think that is a obviously on what we were talking about earlier. I think that is a good sign potentially for going forward into next season as well. Um, Liam, do you think you've done enough, enough to potentially think about getting into the team for uh, Wednesday night? No, I think Gorgic will come straight back in because of the kind of game that Livingston is. I think we'll need him in the middle of the park, to be honest. Uh, I think McGuinness is a different option to Gorgic. I don't necessarily see the two of them being interchangeable unless we're playing really different opposition. I think McGuinness would come into a game like Stranraer and we're looking to be on the front foot a wee bit more. But I agree with what Harry said. I think he was drifting left to allow space for others. But unfortunately, what was happening when he was drifting left is all he ever wanted to do was get back on his right foot and either swing it in or take a shot. And I, and I, I don't think that's necessarily his game. So I would see McGuinness probably more likely to come in and replace 
Newell or Irvin than he would for yeah. Gogic in probably most games. Yeah. And Greg, do you want to just maybe see us out on, on the second half performance? Just Martin Boyle, two goals again. Uh, obviously, started diving again when that boy absolutely fucking crunched him. What, 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 did, what did you make of this? Just wrap us up. What did you make of the second half performance, Jabs? Yeah, we just stopped it. Just went up a gear and pulled him at the water, to be honest. Um, Boyle was very direct and he was getting balls in the box. And I think it was Alex that said earlier that the goalie kept him in it for, for the full game and especially in that second half. And look, I can't really add anything else to that. We won. We, won. we played well. We were professional. We upped it when we had to. You know, there's nothing really else to add on that overall good performance. Yeah, I think one thing that obviously, obviously last week we uh, really sort of tore into Scottish football coverage and some commentators and pundits and stuff. Uh, so two things, obviously, it was announced today that the pay-per-view offerings will continue into next season, which I think we sort of said last week that would be a good thing. And uh, what did you make of Chris Elowumo? I'm struggling tonight, by the way. What did you make him on 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 cold commentary? I, I, in the first five minutes, I thought, fuck, he's going to be quite great because he is, but it was refreshing, I thought. I, I, I don't think you could be further wrong. I thought that everything he said, he just seemed to disagree with me and uh, it was just really annoying. Like I, I feel bad for him because he was actually not the worst striker in the world. If you're playing for your country, you can't be that bad. Uh, but that miss, you just can't... Like, he, 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 he See, yeah. the thing that annoys me about commentators is when they say things that are stupidly obvious. Like, four times Nisbet are shot off target and he's like, he needs to be hitting the target there. Obviously he needs to be hitting the target. The way else is he going to put the ball? So, I know, I just... He wasn't it for me. wasn't it for me. Nah. I actually quite enjoyed him. I thought, like, he, I found his enthusiasm quite... Yeah, it was like, I, I, I thought I, I, he just sounded like he wanted to be there. I listened to him on another podcast uh, through the week, and he, he does a podcast with one of the boys of Paris, and he's actually just a dead interesting guy. He loads of interesting stories. I think I was already kind of bought into him before he did the commentary anyway, and I just found his enthusiasm great. And he, he said some things that were cliches. We, we, we've denounced cliches before on this, so we, we're no big lover of cliches, and he did punt a fair few, but actually, I found them just. Like it's just a different voice. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just sick of the same voices covering Scottish football all the time. It's actually just good to hear a bit of a different voice, a bit of a different perspective, and not just people just filling the roles because, like you know, they, they fancy a career in the media, like Ricky Foster. I mean, I do not give <laughs> two fucking cents of a fuck about what Ricky Foster thinks about Hibs. I could not care less. I don't want to hear his opinion. I don't want to see his specs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm very much. I agree with you, Liam. I thought, uh, I thought, I looked, I'm not even going to try and say his name. I thought he was good, uh, and I think he's. Good. I think he. I, th- I think he's good on sports scene, and I know. Obviously, I don't even know if he. I think he is Scottish, but um, he spent pretty much his full career in uh, in England, and to still have the passion and the enthusiasm for the Scottish game that he shows on sports scene and for a hipster and game, like I was expecting it to be fucking Billy Dodds or something, and it was to be us. It's like, like. Just to be saying, out of pish. Um, Alex and Greg, I'm going to pose a slightly different question to you. Kevin Kyle, why? I know he's from Stranraer, but why? And he, refi- yeah. he thought Hibs were playing hearts after about two minutes into the programme. I uh, just, he seemed like a bit of an arsehole to me. Um, I don't know, that's pretty much it. My dad said the same <laughs> thing. Who's that? And he said he looks like a vicar the way he was dressed with the, the white thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. They probably just wheeled him out because it's somebody 
they used to, or is from Stranraer, and that's it. <laughs> like, well, the, the derby used to be, uh, or the, the, the Hibs Derby's Hearts. Kevin Kyle played for Hearts, let's get him. Aye. Probably that. But, um, aye, he's an arsehole, that was my dad's words, I'll go with that. <laughs> Greg, any further comments? Can't really top that, but it was just seemed like it was being shoehorned <laughs> into the role, um, along with the Mikey Stewart and, and Stephen Thompson. So yeah, it was it was pretty pathetic to be honest. Um, you are not telling me that Stephen Thompson um, is a good presenter because he's not. Um, throughout I don't the mind game, him. throughout the full game, he held the microphone to his mouth. Um, don't know why. Pretty pointless exercise, but. Yeah, I mean, he's a dick. Stuart's a dick. Kevin <laughs> That's my analysis. Can I just I, say, I, Greg had the opportunity there to absolutely slate Kevin Kyle and instead he war on Stephen Thompson. Probably saving it up. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can't really talk what Alex said. He pretty much covered it, so I wasn't going to attempt it. Uh, so, I, have, and, uh, I, I expected, so I'm going to go on a tangent here. Me and Greg have, uh, are sort of amongst our friends and stuff, brought a, a, a good insult back in. How good a fucking insult is you are a loser? How good is that? If someone calls you a loser, you have got fuck all. What, what do you say? And I just expected Greg to just, like, I just expected Greg to come and just go, Kevin Kyle's a loser. And I would have been gone. <laughs> And he, he missed, but how, hey, imagine if, if someone turned into you and twice went, like, mate, you're a fucking loser. What'd you say back to that? Oh, can't, can't exactly turn around and go, nah, I'm a winner. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my absolute favourite related to that, just and he just popped into my head because he got sacked today, is when uh, Josie Mourinho called Arsene Wenger a specialist in failure. That that was a, oh. absolutely, I loved that, I loved that part. That was when Josie had a bit of stuff about him. But, uh, Edgy. Speaking of Josie, have you heard his next gig? Celtic. Celtic. Hi. Imagine that. Imagine him with your knee sliding down at Tynecastle. That's still off Canal Tracy. Shout out. Right. So, so my friend in the next round, my friend in the next round, we're going to squeeze in a podcast on Wednesday night after. the Livingston game when uh, and we'll go into more depth about the about the Motherwell game. But did you what did you did you all think we were going to see a Hibs Morton game? But obviously Motherwell struggled against them on Friday night, and we did say we don't know what Motherwell would turn up. Did it surprise you, Liam, that it went to penalties? Didn't surprise me with the penalties. No, I think that Motherwell have yeah, like you said, been quite Jekyll and Hyde this season. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cliche. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not surprised that we're, we're playing in the next round. But to be honest, I'm not. You know, we're both low-ranked teams, and us. So I'm, I'm not too uh, disappointed that they got through. Uh, I think we've got a bit of a wee bit of a point to prove against them this season because I don't think we, certainly in the two games at Easter Road, I don't think we are taking the game to them in the way that we should have. I know the second half of our part we were really good against them, but two games at Easter Road, uh, I would expect better performances from us, to be honest. So, yeah, um, yeah hopefully we'll, 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 we'll do them this time. Alex, are you confident in Hibs getting back to a third semi-final on the road? To get uh, I'd like to think so. Um, I don't see why not. We're coming up, I get, well, I don't know who it was, just a minute ago, says you don't know what t- t- kind of mother we're going to turn up. Um, and when they, they turned up and beat us the other 
couple of months ago at Easter Road. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, so I don't know. Just we'll get, uh, if we get there again and get beat, and it's all the same shit you've got to go through. But uh, one of the commentators says that Hibs are a good cup team and they've been to loads of semi-finals. Uh, uh, like, oh, cheers, mate. That's. <laughs> Um, it is an interesting I think we maybe spoke about it on here or maybe we didn't speak about it on a podcast but I'm sure other than the season we got relegated I think we've been at Hamden every season since the cup final when Hearts beat us I think we've been in a set maybe there's one other season the season mm-hmm. that we got four season season we got, in a row as well mate aye is it four? Oh, aye because the league cup we got beat 5-2 or something Aye, aye, well, aye, there you go. Um, so hopefully that, hopefully that, like we can buck the trend. I mean, we, I think we have, I think, I think we're just a good team in general. So I think we, and I think it's always been the case that we can beat anyone in a one-off game. But anyway, before we get back to the Scottish Cup at the weekend, we've got our first home game of the post-split fixtures. Livingston obviously <coughs> got put out the cup, uh, draw me Aberdeen, then getting beat on penalties. Greg, what do you expect for Livingston? Obviously, only that, played a couple of weeks ago. Can I just add something to the the, the semi-final? You can chat. do what you want. Um, I don't really give a fuck how many semi-finals we get to. Damn. It really doesn't bother me. If you don't win it, then what's the point? You don't. You don't say, oh, "I got to the semi-final," though. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, you, you've not won the trophy, and the amount of times you've been at Hamden in semi-finals and finals and not won need, needs to needs to be rectified, and this would be a start this year. Would you say that we're losers? But I'll, I'll talk to you um, on Saturday night about that after the game, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you then. So, just to be devil's advocate, Craig, would you rather lose on Saturday or beat Motherwell than lose the semi-final? And don't say I'd rather just win the cup. That is what? not part of this game. Would you rather lose the quarter-final at Motherwell or get to another semi-final and get beat? Winning the cup is not an option in this game. Ultimately, it doesn't matter though. Nah, but I'm just what I'll would be your preference again? Uh, I'm just I'm just curious as to what. Do, I, do I want to get to a, a third semi final this season and make a total arse of it? Not really, no. The question <laughs> is, Greg, do you want to say Ross out on Saturday, yes. or do you want to wait until after the semi final? <laughs> um, I want to say it on Saturday because I've not said it in a long time, and I'm really fucking <laughs> holding it in now. <laughs> I might just chuck it there on Wednesday if we don't win. Oh, cheeky. Especially if Aberdeen managed to get sent off himself. Yeah. But anyway, Greg, I did actually ask you what mm-hmm. you expected. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just hit, hit a snag. Um, I think we've all kind of seen it coming after the one defeat for them and they were going to decline. And to be honest, it's a team that embarrassed us in December at home. So it's our turn to embarrass them and go out and batter them for 90 minutes. Um, look, Aberdeen scoring in the loosest sense of the word so I would like to see us put a bit of daylight between us and them um, they've obviously got Celtic I'm not saying anything on them but I think yeah we just need to keep winning games disappointing against Rangers should have got something out of the game but live at home perfect opportunity to get three points and get the passports back out okay. And uh, Liam, the next two games, win the next two games, I think that'll be pretty much it done. You've, you've got to expect that Aberdeen won't get, fingers crossed, don't beat Celtic. I mean, do you think if we win our next two home games, that's it done? Aye. Harry? 
<laughs> and Liam, are you confident that we'll get the job done on Wednesday night? I think as long as we take the game to Livingston in the way that we have, um, probably really on the first game of the season, uh, the first game away at them this season, um, I think if we take the game to them in that manner and play on the front foot, I think we will beat Livingston on, on Wednesday night. I think they're a team who have achieved a great amount this season and managing to finish in the top six. That's an achievement for a club like Livy. Um, that's not being patronising. It just is for the fan base that they've got for them finishing the top six is as good and get to a cup final as well is probably as good as they can hope for. So I think I wouldn't say their team are on the beach yet, um, but I think they are uh, certainly kind of winding down. So I, I would expect us to win Celtic, beat them 6 0, and they were they were very, 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 very distant second best to Celtic. So, you know, I don't, I don't think we're a million miles off Celtic on our day. So I think we should go out there and, 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 and beat them on Wednesday night. I don't think there can be any excuses now with some of the games between now and the end of the running. We're in control of our own fate. So we just need to go and win those games. Yeah. Harry, is there an element of weariness just the fact that we're Hibs fans and we're feeling quite good about the club now so there is a fair chance that we might get beat 1-0 on Wednesday night? No, the, 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 mate, Hibs don't do getting beat 1-0 this season we do get <laughs> beat 3-0 <laughs> nah, um, It's one of those things um, I think it was a massive shock when they, them and Gross County came to us and they absolutely bamboozled us um, over the Christmas period, um, or New Year period, I suppose. Um, but I, I think on paper, I've said it a few times this season, we're substantially better than the teams that we're playing. So I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't go out there and win the game. Um, so yeah, I, I think the main thing is for us, we need to start games well. Because when we start games well, we tend to get, that's where we get most of our points. When we start off slow, we tend to just fall out of the game. Um, I think that the main reason that Livingston won and won so handedly when they played us is because they just came on the front foot and they were just after us the entire time. So if we can just keep possession for the first 10-15 and just take the wind at their sails, I think that's how I'd approach the game. Do you think is it is it do you think it's too easy to just say we were shite at, at, in, at the new year period, or do you think that was I, like do you I think, think that paid? I think that's very harsh. I thought Livingston like I, I thought we, we weren't great, but I thought Livingston were very good. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence because they then went. That was part of their like 15 game unbeaten run, and for any team uh, to do that outside of the old firm is very impressive. Um, so yeah, nah, I, I think they were as as much as they were good, we were bad. But I think nah, I'd, I'd say they were slightly better than we were worse. Got you. Yeah. And Alex, obviously we we did make two changes uh, for the strand argument, Macy and McGinnis um, coming in. Do you think they'll both drop out for Gorgic and Marciano? Probably. With the being the league, that's the sort of main starts in the league um, I would say that they come back in um, but again with Macy and Marciano what's the uh, Marciano could he be on the wind doing like holiday mode or who knows do you have concerns about that? really? no I mean it's if he's shitty then we'll just, uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll go with a sort of uh, we'll remember him being shite at the end of his career eh? Or the, the uh, sorry, um, and I don't know if he wants that or not. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I personally don't have too many worries about that. And, and Greg, just something obviously Liam uh, said maybe Liver on the wind down a wee bit, but I think they, they'll probably be looking at it. Fifth place has got a good chance to get in Europe because obviously, if one of the top four win the Scottish Cup, then uh, that, that fifth that spot that because obviously what we want to see happen is third place gets the Scottish Cup place in theory, then that would bump down into fifth place. Do you think that'll be enough for Levy to 
but no team, I don't think, chucks it entirely. But do you find that would be enough to keep them motivated and give us quite a tough game on Wednesday night? Liam, close your ears um, because no team goes out in the pitch to lose the game. So <laughs> I, I don't see why, why they wouldn't come east the road and try and win. Um, yeah, the wind down is, is something that gets thrown out a lot. They're, like, they're, they're a good team. They've beaten teams like Kelly, uh, Kelly Malavell to, to top six. So I, I think we should be wary. Um, I certainly wouldn't think they would be on the wind down got a point to prove um, and yeah by all means they want to make that fifth spot there so we need to be aware of the threat that they pose Would you rather this game was at Livingston? Absolutely <laughs> Un- Unbeaten on AstroTurf and better away for home Absolutely would rather it was away for home And um, Alex just out of curiosity have you, have you planned your pre-match insult yet or did it come spontaneously on the day? No, I do it on the day. <laughs> uh, genuinely, I do. So, um, I, I'm not good with spreadsheets and that. If you can't everybody with spreadsheets, we'll just fire insults into it and we'll... <laughs> just hold <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, them out. Just try to randomise them. I've not given it any thought. Well, Wait, gonna... I, might, I might be right in saying, was Livingston not your first ever one? Because I, I vividly remember you call them roundabout having bastards. And it did make my day the first time I ever saw that. Uh, I, I don't know. I think this started after, uh, with my old account, so I might have had a few on there as well. But uh, I, somebody took offence to that. A guy from Livingston says, uh, <laughs> you, you leave all around about alone, you prick. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. <Yeah. laughs> I, 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 seen, as, seen as I live in Livingston, I feel like I have to defend the town and say that I, there, is an, there is a fucking unacceptable amount of fucking roundabouts in this town. <laughs> like, right. everywhere, looks, everywhere looks the fucking same, man. But uh, it's, it's fun. Like, I just off. Oh, I mean, I've been here what, since I was seven and I still get lost in some places. Yet, but hey. um, score prediction, Harry, what you got? Um, I've, I've been going for quite outlandish ones and I'm, I'm sick of Liam winning at everything. So I'm going to take what I think is the obvious 3 0 hips. Boom. Liam? Well, uh, after predicting 6 2 in the Stronger game, I actually got the margin of victory correct in that game. So I did say it was going to be a four goal margin. So. Uh, I'm going to uh, just follow that up with uh, a 3-0 win to Hibs. So you're just tired of just tired of Harry, I suppose. I don't decide what I was saying before he piped up. I'm just going to interject here and say, I, I said 5-0 and I thought, I mean, come on to fuck, lads. How did we not get a fifth? But Greg, <laughs> what you got? Um, I'm going to say 2-0. And the reason they're not scoring is because we are so good at the back, and I've said that all season. <laughs> and uh, who in particular is impressing you at the back? Oh, Paul Hanlon, strong in all areas <laughs> of his game. And Alex, um, what what's your score prediction for Wednesday night? And I'm going to ask for some goal scorers from you as well. Oh, uh, I'll say a, a Desmond will go two two, and um, they'll score. They'll score two first. They'll be up at half time two 0 and they'll come back and equalise. And it'll be Doig and Doig again. They'll finally get two goals. Ooh. Why not? Stick a fiver on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, that's an interesting one. So on the back of Alex's score prediction, if that was to come through, um, would we all be shitting ourselves going into the last three games of the season? Yes. 
Already are. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, for Look me, I'm gonna... have done anything wrong just because there is obviously that element of, well, we've been Shake. here before. This is Hibs. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed with Aberdeen at the weekend. So hopefully they can continue that. I think I think Celtic were all right against Rangers for what I've seen. They just couldn't have put the ball in the back of the net and they can't defend. So what is it to say? Is Pitbull's one in the two boxes? There's a, get get another uh, cliche. Not Ian Cathro, it was if uh, if Ian Cathro's Hearts team um, didn't play with goals and he would have won the game. So yeah, I mean you, no can look, you can look at things different ways, but. I think goalposts are a pretty crucial part of the game, Ian, but there we go. They do matter. <laughs> goalposts matter. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> all goalposts matter. Um, so, Alex, obviously, um, you, as um, the nominee, won uh, High Bay of the Week last week, and Liam was the nominator. So, Alex, who would you go for High Bay of the Week this week? For this week, uh, any one of the fans that travelled to Stranraer and stuck the one that stuck the scarf on the, the fence, good on them. <laughs> Cut like Andrew Tenney's and cheering that a bit. <laughs> and Liam, as our, uh, well, just fucking, you're going to be like Celtic, eh? just fucking winning everything. Who's your nomination? Here comes a back post tapping. <laughs> <laughs> no way to talk about Alex. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I, I'd, I'd have to go for Martin Boyle uh, oh, as my oh. back post happen of the week because I just, like, I, I just felt like I just felt like his performance. Was, uh, let me wax lyrical for a minute to boost my numbers, please. Um, <laughs> I, I just felt like his performance on 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 Sunday was outstanding, particularly in the second half. And we've not really talked about in this podcast. We kind of did. We glossed over it, but his ability to keep getting back up after he gets kicked and side down that challenge on Sunday. Fucking hell. Um, and he got to stay back oh, up again, tackle. as he always does. As he always does. So, Martin Boyle from High Beat Week, please. Just for what you were saying about tackle, there was one on Jackson Irvin that they just sort of brought yeah. it up. It was, like, oh, it was uh-huh. terrible, man. But uh, he, he got up and it, it was all right. So, I guess, no harm, no foul. Uh, Harry, who are you going for? Well, I, I was going to say, I'll, I'll step out because um, we've only got four options, Ewan. Um, okay. So you, you two can take it and I'll, I'll let one of you win this week. No, I better fucking think you won. Greg, who are you taking? That Deutsch guy. What, that a, guy. what a player. Unbelievable. Well, I, don't, I don't even need to explain myself. I mean, I think... Do you think we, Jengi listens to the podcast, we def- we defended them yes. week after week. You you don't get to agree, you slated them week after week. Me and Harry, and I, Liam but... defended them. <laughs> now you're right up his chuff. Uh, for me, I'm going to go, oh, fuck, I can't say this, but as much as I want to say this, but I have done all season because he missed about 110 chances and he said himself he should have about nine. Uh, I'm going to say... Ah. Kevin is, but <laughs> just for scoring, just 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 for scoring a goal. But uh, I mean, come on, if I, I, was it even on target. Do can we be sure that was on target? Why do you not say Kevin Nisbet because he interrupted the the interview afterward by saying hello? No, that works. That works. That that works. Kevin Nisbet because he has a better grasp of the English English language than my fine self. And then. Um, <laughs> 
Harry, we're going to pass over to you now uh, for a little bit of a different segment this week. I don't think we're going with high B, of, uh, high B quiz, are we? I know. So um, welcome to the Harry High B uh, section of the show. Um, well, as you, normally, you, as you know, we normally do a Harry High B quiz and it's a bit mental. So I thought, well, we'll tone it down this week. But we'll not tone it down at all. Uh, welcome back to the Harry High B court. Um, this is when I give the boys a situation that they're not very comfortable um, a, a stance they're not very comfortable defending and they have 30 seconds which I will time on my phone um, in which they have to then answer the thing close to them it'll make sense I'll get you in to go first um, or actually actually we'll get Greg to go first because I know what Greg's is right Greg you have got 30 seconds to tell me why Paul McGinn deserves player of the season right three two one oh, he's a consistent performer um, you can always rely on him. He's chipped in with some absolute rakers, especially the one away at Hamilton. Um, and the best part about that goal was he ran on the shot, stuck it top bin, and he didn't interrupt his stride to go and celebrate with the subs. Um, if the net wasn't there, the gazebo was going with the ball. So, yeah, player of the year for me. With five seconds to go, it's beautiful. That, that, was, well, that was well put. All right, Liam, we're coming to you. This is your first time appearing in the Highby Court. How are you feeling? Are you nervous? Oh, I'm breaking it, mate. All right, well, good, because it is your favourite topic. You have got to tell us why commentators cannot say enough cliches when covering football. So why there needs to be more cliches in football commentary. And... I just absolutely love hearing the same pattern trying to do irrespective of where I'm watching what game I'm hearing I just there's something lovely and robotic that just helps me really engage and enjoy the football when I just get here the same pattern over and over again and one of the things I love the most is when people say typical insert football team I love that pattern as well because that that really 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 excites me I just I, I love commentary. I love commentators. I love pundits. I love Michael Owen. You've got oh, Scott Rogan's name I'm the so, game. I'm sorry. The you, you, have, oh. you, have, you have 30 seconds, my man. I'm sorry. I think, to be honest, you've actually fallen in love with football cliches and you're ready to wax lyrical for years on end. All right. They're my fave. We're, we're going to save Alex till last. So, Ewan, we're going to you. Okay. You've got 30 seconds to tell us why. Oh, I'm just going to interrupt you, interrupt you to say greedy Liverpool have just went 1 0 up. Uh, but we'll get on to that subject after Nobody we finish the quote. Uh, we'll we'll Thank you very much, Ewan, because you have just spoiled the question, because the question is why Hibs should be the Scottish representative that are entered in to the European Super League. Ooh, oh, right. uh, because we are the biggest club in the country. We don't have to tell people how big we are. ESL know how big we are. Have you seen the amount of penalties we've got this season? We run the show. You don't need to win 55 league titles in the space of 10 years to be big. You don't need to win nine in a row, but only be satisfied with 10 in a row. And it never to come. What you need is one day, one glorious day to show just how fucking big you are. And that's what we've done. Oh, and, and we're cutting you off there. You, um, you put passion in, we're proud of you. I, I must say, I have enjoyed the whole time looking at Alex and seeing how much he's shitting himself for what question is coming his way. Um, I, I guess it's good to say that the pressure's on Alex. We've had some, we've had some good answers so far. I'll give, I'll give you a good 15 seconds to think about it because it is your specialty. But we're flipping it back on you. You've got to go in the mind of an away fan coming to Easter Road. You've got to do an anti-Hibs rant. 
in 30 seconds. Oh. So you can, you can think for 10, 15 seconds and then we'll come back to you. Um, wow. So um, in, in the meantime, what's something I enjoyed about the game at the weekend? <laughs> well why don't we just go with a load of cliches and say that they're spoon burning uh, junky bastards for a uh, leaf that um, fucking I don't know what is it Hibs Hibs and the, the San Gyro that we play in, uh, fucking probably rat infested. Uh, I, I bet you they shag their own mums in that. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know, probably didn't go to school, kept school. Uh, fucking. Uh, we keep going. <laughs> Oh, no, the back of fucking winning at Hamden, uh, and just fucking they just want to shag with the claimers. Fuck, fuck them. My, my favourite thing about that is that he calls us spoon burners, then junkie bastards, just to make sure. <laughs> just just to the 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 oh, well, yeah. we can our 30 second video clip that's going on Twitter this week. Um, <laughs> all right, lads. Being honest, I was hopeful that that question would go down well when it was answered by Alex, and I'm afraid to say it did blow you all out the water. So <laughs> congratulations on the Harry High B Court. Um, do you have any second place? Uh, second can, I place just, can I just say that Liam's answer felt like a personal attack with a, um, the same pattern all the time? <laughs> <laughs> The only way, the only way to settle it, you have to have a charity boxing match set up by DTS. We'll sponsor it. On Zoom. On Zoom. But yeah, in terms of our DTS guys, um, can we give them a half point for it? Um, I thought that Ewan spoke very well there about why Hibs were a massive side. Um, But yeah, Alex, congratulations for winning. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise money. Yeah, I buy through the camera. <laughs> we'll send you a Hibs badge in the post. <laughs> so um, we normally we normally wrap up on the back of uh, the Harry's High B Quiz High B Court, um, but obviously in the last what twenty four hours or so, there's been some big <laughs> developments uh, across European football, and let's just have a wee chat about our thoughts on this. Super League and I we think I'm, it might I'm dying to, I've got so much shite to say I'm trying to go I've, well, I only came on the podcast for this segment tonight so I'm just going to say that obviously I, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan um, and I think it's just this, this fucking waste of time uh, it's just going to kill it and I mean me and Harry are big fans of American sport and and it, and it works in America and but football is football it's no designed for uh, I think there has to be an element of commerciality to it but to make this closed competition it's just utter utter garbage you see how happy we all get at the thought of grabbing our passports to go and play the fifth best team in Greece well all of that's going to go to shit if this Super League becomes a thing because UEFA eventually the competitions will become defunct but Greg I will let you take it away okay so You're basically taking the richest clubs in the world and concentrating the wealth on them 
and making them richer so the gap gets bigger between them and the other clubs in their respective leagues. Pretty much what happens in society where the rich get richer and the people below them don't see any benefit. How can, how can you tell me that, I mean, the teams in it are a, are a shambles. You're telling me that Tottenham and Arsenal deserve to be in there. Both absolute myths. Um, I think it's absolutely disgusting that, like, for example, Liverpool, you say, have said they want to go in it and then Jurgen Klopp came out today and said, I don't want any part of it. Yeah. So, so these discussions aren't even taking place with the players or the manager. It's the people in charge of these clubs that are millionaires, billionaires, whatever, that, that are making these decisions on behalf of the people that matter most at the club, and that's the fans. And then you've got the managers and the players that, that play an important part. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's absolutely disgusting. Um, the silence for some clubs have been deafening. And I think Gary Neville can be a bit of a, a tit sometimes, but he's absolutely spot on. And you can just see how much passion he has on the subject. It, it's just going to ruin football and it's going to it's going to kill off dreams like going to Greece and... Leicester winning league. Aye, like it's just going to kill all that off because the fairy tales been going to be taken right out of football. And that's what we go to the games for and that's what you tune into the big games for to see upsets and all that and it's just not going to happen, is it? Yeah. Seeing the Gary Neville thing, seeing the Gary Neville thing, just just, just quickly. Mm-hmm. So I know we're all going to get a chance to speak on this, but I, I, I've got a wee bit of an issue with Gary Neville and Sky speaking out, acting like the fucking paragons yeah. of virtue on this because Sky are the ones that created this problem with the money that they spent on football in this country. Um, Sky have paid over the odds for a product which, frankly, is not worth the money. Um, if you've watched the English Premier League since the beginning of yeah. lockdown, you'll realise that actually the quality of the, the product is very much overhyped and overinflated. Um, so Sky from here, Sky from here, the big problem. The greedy clubs are the problem as well. The, the, the twelve clubs are all universally owned by fat cats. The Glazers at Man United are a disgusting group of people who, in the fifteen years that they've owned Man United, have released two statements to fans to tell them what they're doing. Um, they're just they're a bunch of rank amateurs. The, if you look at the, the the sports clubs that they have in the states, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know they've been had a bit of success recently, but up until then they were a, nothing. a nothing club. They're just a cash cow for these rich guys. That's all they are. Um, so, quite frankly, I'll not be watching it. Um, and to be honest, I've you know my, my interest in English football's kind of started to wane over the last few years anyway. But I, I, I just can't see me bothering to watch my United play Juventus four times a season. It doesn't interest me. Soulless. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, like I, like I say, I, I follow Liverpool. I've, even when they won the Champions League a few years ago and won the Premier League, I celebrated them like mad. Greg, you know that. But even like today, Liverpool were playing, and I was like, straight away, you just feel like, so Liverpool were going towards top four. That game within the last 24 hours has literally become pointless. Because Liverpool will not be playing, even if they finish in top four, they won't be playing in Champions League next season. And the Champions League is the Super League. Is for, you know what I mean? That is what it's there for. The Champions League, you've seen what they released today, and this is the thing. UEFA and FIFA, for me, and the Premier League, they've all now become, like what you were saying, I think they've just become victims of their own greed. And now the clubs have said, and it's, I don't think it's the football clubs, it's, it's the owners. Because like you've seen from what you're... So you see in the Champions League, did you know that Hawks once played a Champions League qualifier at Murrayfield? I knew that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we didn't hear about enough. 
Harry, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because you obviously you're you're a big fan of uh, of American sport. Um, do you see maybe you can maybe try and play devil's advocate here? Do you see any benefit to this in football? Think well, you might struggle. But... Earlier, but, um, my opinion is I think that if you take all the top teams out of the league, I would become interested in English football again. And I think if you remove the old firm from Scottish football, I think the game would massively improve over the course of the next 10, 15 years. Um, obviously in Scottish football if you remove them you lose a lot of money because that's where you get your TV broadcasting that's where you get most of your sponsors coming yeah. in but the product we've got the comp- like third I know Aberdeen have kind of solidified it but before Aberdeen solidified that you get a different team in third every year like Scottish football so good and the, as Liam touched on earlier we just don't give ourselves enough credit and the like Sky bought us just so they could have the old firm games. They don't care about any team in Scotland apart from them. Like Rangers, I don't think of I don't think their away fans have spent a penny this season on PPTV. Nothing. Like that's that's ridiculous. Like I think Ross County are nearly three hundred quid in. And then you get the old firm fans getting it for free. You you can what someone put a picture up of the Premier League next season if you remove the top six and it looked banging. I was like, I'd watch that every week. I'd catch every game and be interested. But it's just because you know these people, because the problem is I think that FIFA and UEFA need to call it their bluffs. They need to be like, you can what go and do your own league. We didn't give a shit. Fuck you, fuck the lot of you and see the fans that are all like, Well, that's no fair on us. Who can go and support your local team then? Stop going down to bloody Liverpool when you're living in London or stop going to Manchester when you're living in bloody France. Start supporting your local team, put your money where it actually deserves to be instead of just feeding these rich billionaires at the top. Because you can what? This ESL is a Tory league. That is what it is. And you can what? All the Tory fans from around the world will watch the Tory league and they'll love it. And you can what? Good for them, but just didn't get anywhere near our football. All that FIFA and UEFA need to do is be like, that's fine, stay away from our leagues, ban all their players from the World Cup, because they'll not be wanting to play there any longer if they can't go to the World Cup. Because for me, the pinnacle of football is not the European Super League, it's the World Cup, and if they're going to sacrifice their, uh, what do you call it, international stage for paycheck, they're a bunch of gimps. No, you can't what they are, they're losers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big thing because obviously they've come out today and said, look, anyone that participates will not play in a major international competition. So I was just about, I was, I was just about to say, uh, do, you, how, do you find that's right? Because this isn't yeah. the player's decision. It's their decision to stay at the club. Mm-hmm. But they've got contracts. Ah, but surely, surely con- like, I'm sure lawyers could work it out that they kind of just get dumped into a league that but takes away their national rights. If Bruno Fernandes and uh, Mohamed Salah and guys of that nature turn around and say we're not playing in it, it won't it's happen. So player player power is is no. still still here. The thing the thing that I picked up on today that, that enraged me just I'll just shut up after I've said this is um, Dan Rohn at the BBC was talking about he'd spoken to someone um, who was involved in ESL. and he described them. Yeah. I described fans of supporters of current clubs just now as legacy fans. And they were looking to attract fans of the future who, who are superstar names. Legacy fans who have been supporting some of those clubs for 150 years. And you're describing them as a legacy. Like, where is your like loyalty? Do you not understand that the fans actually built those clubs and have ensured those clubs survive? Yeah. It's it's just disgusting. It's capitalism at its worst day. That that's what it is. I think I think as well, um the fans make the clubs, you know, the, the fans plough. Uh, hard work, hard earned money into clubs. <clears throat> they they'll spend money, season tickets. They'll spend it in the shops. They'll do everything they can to support the club. And for clubs to turn around and be like, "Oh well, thanks for that, but we're going to join. <laughs> we're going to join this ridiculous league 
And to be honest, you'll not get to go to the games really because you'll be you'll be, they'll be playing them in they'll be playing them in Dubai and they'll be playing them in it's like mm. this is the thing. So again, maybe I'll speak to it maybe from a sort of Liverpool point of view and by no I'm no fucking scouser. So maybe I'm fucking part of the problem. But the like the the people in Liverpool, again I'll speak to it from that this point of view, they are the ones that are going to get punished. You know what I mean? They are they are going to lose their club. Like this isn't a Liverpool thing. Like you, they already moan about having too many games. And again, you've seen what I think Greg mentioned that Jurgen Klopp came out and was like, "I literally found out at half ten, the same as yours last night when the statement came out." Like they say they have too many games now, but they fuck off to Asia on pre-season tour, to America on pre-season tour. It's been going this way for long enough, and it's just complete and utter greed. But um, Alex, why do they do that? Why yeah. they do that? Of course it is. Everything in football has become so soulless. You look, you look at Liverpool, right? Liverpool, as they say, there's such a working class area. Um, both Liverpool and Everton describe themselves as a people's club built by the fans. And then you're going to just chuck all that for, for what? For money? That for, for ridiculous amounts of money. And this is a, this is a problem. The billionaire owners just want more and more and more. All the fans want is a club that they can relate to. Yeah. Okay. Alex, to bring it to bring it back to to maybe Scottish football, I believe in the last year or so since Ron Gordon uh, has been in the picture at the Hibs, there has been a few newspaper articles talking about. I want to say like a North Atlantic league or something, maybe like Scottish clubs and like Norwegian clubs and that. Do you would that? If that was something that came out and Hibs were involved in something like that, how how would that make you feel? Like if Hibs started playing games against Bromby and that in the league as a league competition. Um, when the news came out last night and the statement or the joint statement for everybody, the first thing that caught my eye was that we are the founding clubs of the Super League, and that means it's going to get bigger. That means there's going to be more people or more teams coming in there. I'd be interested if it was a super duper league and all you take is the, the, the best fans uh, for each country, uh, which is obviously Hibs for Scotland, and you, you go and play Galatasaray and that and just have a big massive atmosphere, a big party uh, in that city. You didn't, you didn't allow the Glazers near it or anything. Uh, I think Galatasaray just came to my head. I don't know if there's other clubs, but uh, that's what I always think. That sounds like a good... You should. Uh, you, we've got a good guest on next week. Actually, we'll pitch the super duper guest to them next week, and uh, we'll pitch the super duper league to them. And I think that I think that's got some traction there. And then uh, once every four years, that's when they meet up and it's uh, a one-off. But it's uh, all the best fans, and obviously we've got sunshine on Leith, and maybe can top that. So how come we win? And so we we just win by default. Um, one, uh, so I, I just I think just that's it. I know you're probably sick of my voice, but just to bring it back to Scottish football, obviously the Betfred Cup involves teams from other countries. No, uh, no the, the lower, the the lower league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about that? Is that the first step to to something bigger? Um, can, I, can I just say, and I, know that, I, know that, said. I know that we all kind of got excited, or oh, well, Linfield away, etc. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's, it's fucking pointless, isn't it? Can I just say, I think that, well, from a fan's perspective, I don't know how much you guys will agree, but I've thought that the 
League Cup ever since we won it in 2007 has kind of been redundant. I've not really cared that much about it. As I've said several times, we've got bigger fish to fry. But for me, I've always thought that a full UK, a British Cup, so have Northern Ireland, Ireland if we went involved as well, Wales, England, Scotland, and then you just put every single league team in it and then you just have a knockout bracket and that's how you start the season. I think that would be class. Imagine you know the firm and know the, know the top six in England. I just want to see Celtic draw Linfield away in the first round of that <laughs> cup. Like that's, that, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> but I, I think I've always thought that would be a fun competition. Like. Going back to what Greg said, I, think, I, I, I would agree with her. I, think, I don't think there's any issue having competitions cross-border, especially in a situation like what the UK is in terms of it being an island and stuff like that. It's like, it's not, is it, is, it wouldn't be that big a deal, you know what I mean? You're, it's a, it's a cup competition, as long, but as long as it wasn't... It would never go because for the exact reason that the Super League can go, it's not going to bring in the money. And that's why I wouldn't be against it because I don't think a, a competition where Hibs played fucking, I don't know, Axington Stanley isn't going to mean any less to Hibs winning the Scottish Cup. Whereas I think in this situation, this Super League does totally devalue La Liga, uh, the Premiership and all of that. But uh, it just, it, do you think it will happen? Some name for the league as well. Uh, did you see the Did you see the branded? It's just a fucking football pitch with black and white letters, and then a little bit of pink and blue on the zip. Draw, draw it makes Liam, Liam's body look fucking top notch. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Do you know what speaks volumes? Is it, is it uh, JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley that are gonna uh, that are gonna run it? That, that just sums yeah. it up for me. That there's a, there's a big multi billion pound company that think, oh yes, let's get our name on this. It's just greed. Likely, I'm saying it's capitalism at its worst and. It is just utter, utter greed. And, and do you know what? Folk will probably jump on the bandwagon and think, oh, this is class. But why would you need to prove to other fans and other countries that pretend to support these clubs that it's a good idea when really you're just absolutely hammering your own <laughs> fans? So, Just to just to summarise then before, or not to summarise, but to wrap us up one final miss before before we call it a night. Do you think what do you think this could impact on the on the Scotland squad for the for the Euros? Obviously, as it would stand, potentially Kieran Tierney and Andrew Robertson would not be in the squad. Um, would that open a door for a certain Mister Josh Doig? I can see what happens is you get you get losers and they argue about Tierney versus Robertson, and then you get winners and we argue about Doig versus Hickey, the real left backs of Scotland. Aaron Hickey wears Josh Doig. Aaron Hickey wears Josh Josh Doig pajamas. We established this months ago. Aaron, Aaron Hickey, not to be too serious about it, but he's dislocated his shoulder and he's. I saw a Hearts fan tweet that he's out for the Euros, and I was like, he was never in for the Euros, pal. So I don't think. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well, any, any more for any more on the Super League? I know Greg could go all night. Uh, because I could honestly go all night. It's, it has really annoyed me. Um, just with the art of greed of some clubs, and yeah, I, I don't want to go on about it anymore. See, see, yeah, see, can I say a thing? Can I say a final thing just on it? Because unlike Greg, I, I think there's still some mileage left in this. Um, <laughs> I, I, see, see, for me, I, 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 and I'm in my thirties now, right? So I'm kind of detached from generation. Notice the like the lovely voice there. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> I would like to say before anyone jumps in, I'm only twenty six. 
Alright, you turned 50 last week, Greg. Shut up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tough fucking paper round, eh? Um, <laughs> so, so what I'd like to say is, I just don't know, there's this young generation now that are kind of at school age who are all cutting about wearing like PSG tops and fucking UV tops and Man United and Liverpool tops and actually that's what they're banking on is these young generation of fans who are going to go up not supporting their local yep. clubs. It's been a long time since they've been in the ground so it's hard to assess but I still think that there's plenty of fans who do want to support the local clubs and I think the reaction that's happened on Twitter over just the last 24 hours I think football fans are in the main probably 95% plus are against this uh, yeah. that or is a really silent minority um, so I, I think without the fans I don't think it can happen I think they'll be surprised at the reaction that they've seen so let's just fingers crossed it goes in the bin like the fucking old yeah. firm cold clubs and the old firm going to England and all these other things that we just keep hearing about every so every yeah, no, spot on. I think that's the perfect place for us to wrap up anyway tonight. So, like we say, we'll be recording an episode uh, on Wednesday night after the football. Remember, Greg, it's a six o'clock kickoff on Wednesday night. Then he go missing the game and logging in the Hibs pass at eight o'clock. Um, we'll uh, be I'm just going to log in eight o'clock to fucking miss. <laughs> it will remain. <laughs> Uh, bye. So we'll we'll record a, a quick one on Wednesday night talking about the game and then sort of get doing a preview for the cup game. Alex, thanks very much for joining us. Um, no doubt, uh, no doubt we'll enjoy seeing your pre-match tweet on uh, Wednesday night and going forward. But thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll be back later this week and then obviously back again next Monday as per. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.